Good morning to each one. God bless you for being here on this beautiful Father's Day. And thank you, Myron, for that children's class. As I watched their faces, oh, the innocence of a child. You know, she could still see the writing on that board. You know, and that's how it is in our lives. There's, there's a stain there. But one thing to remember, children, when we ask God to forgive us and to cleanse us, he wipes it away. He remembers it no more. Casts it into the sea of forgetfulness. Remembers it no more. And that's, that's great. That's the, the awesome God that we serve, is it not? And I'm so glad this morning that we have this opportunity once again to come together in this way. I appreciate the words that were shared from Titus there as Dennis read those verses of the unruly and the, those who, who um, yeah, those who are not following the, the ways of the Lord. And so this morning we, we thank God for your uh, presence and that you, this morning, woke up and you had that desire to come to be filled with uh, the Word of God. And I trust this morning that as we are together, we can worship together and that our hearts can be strengthened and um, renewed in, in the faith. I, um, as most of you know, I was not able to bring my wife along. She is at home due to some health issues, problems, and um, we met with the surgeon on Friday, and I guess at this point there's really no surgery scheduled. Um, he wants to look at, there's, there's some things going on with her hip now due to what is taking place in her back, and so she's... Uh, She's just really struggling with a lot of pain, and we do cover your prayers. Um, it's hard for her to sit, and especially for a long distance like this, and to even stand or even to lay. Evenings, I have to, I put ice packs on her pretty much every evening to try to take away the, the, the discomfort and to help her get a little bit of rest, but it seems like it only lasts for a couple hours and so on. I know it's been, for all these years, she's, she's a woman that loves the outdoors. She loves her garden, her flowers, and things around the house. She loves doing that and mowing the yard. That was her, her job. And I could not mow the yard. I never could mow the yard because that was her job. She wanted to do it. Well, about three weeks ago, she, she finally she broke down and she said, I, I can't do it. So me and my youngest son have been mowing the yard. And it's, it's been really hard for her to just sit and to watch us do it, something that she has so loved doing. But because of 
because of the pain and riding the lawnmower, she, she just can't, she can't handle it anymore. So I do ask that you continue to pray for her and that on that behalf and if each of us as well. <clears throat> you know, we're, we're getting older. We don't know what the Lord has in store, but I know that the Lord has a plan and I want to be faithful. I want to continue to trust in him and to allow him to lead us whatever direction that he wants us to go. <clears throat> this morning, as I said, we, we serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God, a God who is omnipotent, one who knows all things, one who is holy, one who is just, who is loving. And <clears throat> this morning, as I think of this message, that this is a message that I, I shared with our home congregation here a while back. <clears throat> I just felt led to, to share this with you <clears throat> this morning. If you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 7, the first 10 verses for our text there. <clears throat> and as we look at this, these verses, <clears throat> first of all, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, it says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, I understand this morning that this verse is dealing with persons and not necessarily positions. And there's a balancing verse in 11, um, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3, that says, I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of, of Christ is God. And you know this morning, brothers and sisters, when we come to the foot of the cross, it's level ground. It's level ground. And <clears throat> here <clears throat> in these, these verses that I'm going to be sharing with you, dealing with roles or positions that he's placed on our lives this morning, each one of us. The title of my message this morning is The Biblical Purpose of Authority. There's a couple of verses that Brother Dennis shared this morning that related to that, to that fact. And as we think about the word authority, it is one of the most hated words in our society, in our churches, and sadly to say, in our plain churches, when it comes to the word authority. The definition of authority, there's several that are given. One is power to influence or command thought, opinion, or behavior. But the one that I like the best is freedom granted by one in authority. And we're going to look at that <clears throat> a little bit later. And I want you to think about this this morning as we think about freedom granted by one in authority. And this word, authority. Faith. Faith is the wisdom. If there's nothing else you remember this morning, remember this. Faith is the wisdom to see God work through authority that he has placed in our lives. 
Faith is the wisdom to see God work through authority that he has placed in our lives. And we're going to see this <clears throat> a little bit later as we go through this message. And as we think about the holiness of God and the greatness of our God, the omnipotence of our God, our all-knowing God. Let's read our text here this morning in Luke chapter 7. Now when he had handed all the, his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, <clears throat> having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. <clears throat> now this morning, as we think about the word authority and the biblical purpose of authority, and as I said, we're going to look at several scriptures pertaining to this. How does it affect us? These are questions that I'm asking to, to each one of us. This is something that spoke to my heart here some time ago. Biblical authority, how do we see it? How do we view it? This word speak, uh, <clears throat> the word of God speaks about authority. God is a God of order. God is a God of order. And it's beautiful when we really see how God has put it together and how things are to be to work. Many, many today cringe at this word. Many don't like it and are trying to reinvent the wheel. <clears throat> Hopefully, as we look at these scriptures this morning, we will understand a little bit more about it. <clears throat> you know, we all have a story. We all have a story to tell. Where we came from, things we've gone through. There's probably been those in your life that have been in your life that have abused their authority, their position, their role. We all find ourselves... <clears throat> This morning, we find ourselves in submission to something or someone, whether you know it or not. And the thing I want you to think about is how, how um, have you ever thought about how God brought you to this point in your life? Have you ever thought about that, how, how God has brought you to this point in your life? The strengths and the weaknesses of your life. You know I can tell you this morning that there have been those in your life, somewhere, sometime, somehow, that have spoken into your life, shown you, directed you, 
and, and given you <clears throat> some advice and wisdom to be where you're at today. Now, we don't have all the answers. I understand that. But, and we don't see authority like God sees it. <clears throat> but let me tell you this morning, we all need some kind of authority, some kind of guideline. It takes faith. <clears throat> As I said, faith is a wisdom to see God work through authorities in our, that he has placed in our lives. That's a key. It takes faith. And I want you to notice here in this scripture that we read. Notice here in verse 6. He says, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. <clears throat> this was a centurion. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> the centurion saying he didn't feel worthy for Jesus to come under his roof to heal his son. He even says in verse 8, as, he, as we look at that, he said, I am a man set under authority. <clears throat> it takes faith. The centurity, uh, centurion was in authority. I don't know how many of you know or if you know, realize the centurion is a man that was in charge or responsible for a hundred men. He was, he was someone that was in, in authority over a hundred men. <clears throat> but notice here, he's not so concerned about the authority that he's been given as the authority he was under. He recognized that. He recognized that. And to the point where Jesus even says, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. This centurion had the faith and he understood the authority that he was given, that he was also a man under authority, that there was someone who was over him. <clears throat> Thank you, Tim. I think it must have been those donuts, the rolls that I had. <clears throat> it is something that we need to Remember this morning, it's a very vital key that we recognize as this centurion uh, and not be so concerned about the authority that we've been given, but that we recognize the authority that we're under. That makes a very, very big difference. And it's a vital key to fathers, to ministers, to bishops, to teachers, leaders. I don't care who you are. It's a very important key to understand and to realize. You know, this morning, <clears throat> the founders of our country, the founders of America, in days gone by, they understood this truth as well. Did you know that in order for a man to hold office in government, in years gone by, that he had to be a man in good standing in the local church. My, we've lost that a long time ago, haven't we? <clears throat> and this morning, as we look at that, and as we think about authority, the biblical principle the, the, uh, of authority, authority precedes power. 
it proceeds power. This is a very key thing to understand as well. Matthew 28, verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This word power in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Greek word is dunamos, from which we get the word dynamite. And when you think about dynamite, there's action. Things happen. There's change that takes place. And that's what Jesus is saying here. But ye, speaking to the disciples, he says, shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Authority proceeds power. That's what Jesus is saying here. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And here in Acts, he says, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be what? Witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's pertaining to all of us. <clears throat> in other words, Jesus is saying, authority is mine, now you can go. The power has been given to you. But I believe this morning that it is simply this thing of aligning ourselves up with God. Lining ourselves up with God so that the authority that has been given from God to Jesus Christ and is passed down to to man, to woman, to the children, that it can, that there's blessings that can, that can flow from this. Luke chapter 4, verse 36 says, And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What word is this? Notice here, what word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. We see here, the authority of Jesus, and then things happen. There's a change. There are results. Authority precedes power. There's things that happen. Matthew or Mark chapter 5, verse 30. Very familiar uh, scripture again, where Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? The woman with the uh, issue of blood. For 12 years, for 12 years, she was seeking and she was looking. She went everywhere to be healed. But as she came to this point in her life, <clears throat> I believe it's simply she aligned herself with Christ. And Christ was able to heal her. There was blessings that came from that. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
Notice here, <clears throat> it's the power that can set you free. There's a change. There's action. When men and women, boys and girls, youth, whoever you are, you come to the knowledge of the truth and you accept Jesus Christ, power of God unto salvation, there's a change. Things happen. That's why we teach Lordship Salvation. Doing it God's way. It's when men and women align themselves. And so this morning, authority is a very important issue in our lives. Whether you know it, realize it, or like it or not, but it's a very important key in our lives. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Notice here, change in action. Aligning ourselves with God. When we do that, there will be results. There will be changes. Vision with me this morning. We don't really have a blackboard here, but just vision with me this morning a funnel. You know what a funnel is, don't you? Huge. Let's just picture a big funnel. And God's at the top. Jesus Christ is just on the inside. Then you got man. And you got woman, and you got children. And in order for <clears throat> the power of God to flow in our lives, we need to align ourselves with that so that God's power, his authority through Jesus Christ can flow to the man, to the woman, and to the children. And when we are aligned in that position, in that place, there will be blessings that can be enjoyed. There will be blessings that will flow. The grace of God and the power of God. He's able to, to act upon whatever needs to be fixed. He's able to bless those that need blessing. He's able to heal those who need healing. He would be able to comfort those who, are, who, who need comfort. When we align ourselves with that chain of command. When we get out from under that in any way, shape, or form, and we try to do things on our own, there will be problems. There will be chaos. There will be confusion. There will be problems. <clears throat> the centurion, he understood that. Yes, he was a man who was over 100 men. But this man's servant became sick. To the point of death. And he said, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. But Jesus said unto him, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith. This centurion recognized that he was a man in authority, but he was also a man who was under authority. And when that happens, there's blessings that flow. <clears throat> That is when we align ourselves in our home with God. Mommies and children will understand the headship order, the lordship of Jesus Christ. We've all been in grocery stores. We've all been in stores. We've all been in places where a child will act up. We've all seen these cases. <clears throat> 
And we witnessed it. And the parent will say, oh, my, I don't know why he's doing this now. He never does this any other time at home. But I believe in many, many cases it's because mommies and daddies are not in line with God. Authority ends confusion. It ends confusion. <clears throat> and let me tell you this morning, the devil understands authority as well. He understands authority as well. And when he can get to the head of the home, the rest comes free. And when he can get to the head of the church, when he can, when he can make his way into the, uh, the ministry, into the church, the rest of the church comes free. He makes havoc. He causes confusion. He causes chaos. That's why, brethren and sisters, this morning, we need men. We need mommies and daddies. We need ministers, deacons, bishops, elders. I don't care what your role position is. We need you to be aligned with the word of God. <clears throat> and recognize that the position that you have, that you are also a man under authority. <clears throat> You know, there was once a man and his, his workers and his business who his employees came up with this idea that we're going to change the structure of our business. We're going to change the structure. We're going to make it a team concept. There won't be no boss. Everybody just work together. You just do your job. But, you know, that's all fine and dandy, and it, it uh, looks pretty good. It, it sounds good, but let me tell you, it also causes chaos and confusion because somebody still has to tell them when to come to work. Somebody still has to adjourn the meeting. Somebody still has to, and, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> Hillary Clinton once on one of her foreign trips, said as she went through a third world country, she said, it takes a village to raise a child. Let me tell you, let me tell you something this morning. It takes a mommy and a daddy. It takes a husband and a wife to raise a child. It doesn't take a village. It takes a mommy and a daddy who are aligned with God so that the blessings can flow through that funnel from God through Jesus Christ to the man, to the woman, and to the children. <clears throat> the children will understand that. You know, it doesn't take a child very long to, to, to see and to, to feel and to know that <clears throat> when he can run from mommy to daddy and get his way. But when the child understands where the authority stops, when daddy has, has been lined up, in the way that God would have them go, that child would understand. It ends confusion. Yeah, this word authority rings some bad pictures to many people. And I understand and I know that there are those who come out of some pretty bad settings. Where authority has been totally mis misused and abused. Not understanding not understanding the role that they've been given and their responsibility. <clears throat> we cannot, we cannot circumvent the word of God. We sang 
this morning the faith of our fathers. The faith of our fathers. We will be true to thee. Did you think about those words? What did our fathers stand for? Our fathers understood truth. They understood authority. They understood their position, their roles. <clears throat> and as I said, the founders of America, when they were looking for a man to hold an office, they would make sure that he was in good standing in the local church. That doesn't take place today anymore. And neither do many people understand that our forefathers stood for what they did as well. The pendulum has changed. It has swung from this side to this side. You know, today we have all kinds of psychology and different teachings out there to raise our children. But let me tell you something this morning. Unless we come back to the Word of God, we align ourselves with this funnel and how God has ordained it, how He has stepped, there's going to be problems. There's going to be problems. <clears throat> Husband is to be the head of the home. Mommy is to be the help of the home. And children are to be the hope of the home. Withhold not correction. Proverbs 23, verse 13. And there's many verses in Proverbs. I love reading through Proverbs. We need to understand. With, withhold uh, correction you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. I'm not talking about beating your children. I'm talking about helping them understand when we are aligned with God's order of command, his chain of command. And we understand that we are under authority as well and not to abuse the authority that we've been given. <clears throat> there was once a Mennonite couple this is a true story. In another state, there was babysitting for their neighbor child, neighbor's young child. And every evening when the woman would come to pick up this child, this child would just throw a tantrum and a fuss like you would never believe. All day long, it was fine. But every evening, when mommy would come to pick up the little daughter, she would throw a fuss. This went on for a while. And finally, this Mennonite couple told this young child that the next time mommy comes to pick you up, and you throw a tantrum, and you come back the next morning, we will spank you. Now, that's stepping out on some pretty dangerous ground in our day. Well, the next morning, the child came back, and they spanked that child. Days went by. Pretty soon, this couple called this Mennonite couple, and they wanted to know if they could meet with them and talk with them. And they thought, oh, no. We probably did something wrong. But they got together with them, and they said, what did you do to our child? They explained to them what they told the child and what they'd done. And they said, you know, that child has never been the same. It's been a very, very obedient child. 
Today, that couple, the wife was a bank teller at the local bank. The man had his own business. Today, that couple is now in that Mennonite church. They seen and they understood their position and their role. Authority can be abused, but I believe when it's used in the proper way, in the way that God has designed it, it ends confusion. It ends chaos. It ends problems that many times are unforeseen. And like I said, authority can be abused. <clears throat> there was once a little boy. This is kind of amusing, but I believe there's a truth, some truth to it. This little boy, his first grader, who walked to school, but he never returned home the same time. There could be as much as 20 to 30 minutes difference. And one afternoon, mommy asked this little boy, her little son, what is going on and why is there so much difference in time? Why are you so late coming home? The little boy said, well, mommy, it depends on the cars. And she's like, cars? What do cars have to do with you coming home this late? And she said, and the little boy said, well, the little patrol boy who helps us across the street, he waits, he holds us until there's cars coming so he can stop the cars to let us go across. See, he abused his authority. He didn't use it in the correct way. A heady taste of power. God forbid. God forbid that any of that should be in us. <clears throat> there was once a sheriff's <clears throat> in a Texas town, a sheriff's office, who was having problems. It seemed like the juvenile delinquents were going up and up and up, and the parents were concerned about it, and they were getting together, and they were having meetings and all. And the sheriff finally said, Parents, he said, I have four ways that you can, that can help you raise a juvenile delinquent. He said, number one, give him everything he wants, everything he desires. Just let him have whatever he wants. Number two, don't give him any responsibility. Just give him everything. He, help him pick, you know, pick up everything behind him. Um, his room be a mess, et cetera, et cetera. Number three, take his part against the neighbors, kids, the law, teachers, the church. Take his part. Stand, you know, stand for it. He said, finally, number four, prepare yourself for a life of grief because you're going to have it. That's how you raise a juvenile delinquent. Well, let me tell you something this morning. God has something else in plan for those who are aligned with God's plan and his purpose. That is doing things God's way. <clears throat> Align yourselves with God. <clears throat> and I know this morning that there, I was once young too. I was once a young, young boy. I did things my way. 
And I soon understood that, you know, there were those who are, were in charge, those who, who had authority over me, and they helped me. And I thank God for that. And I'm here to tell you this morning, young people, be mindful of that. Don't look at this thing as, well, you know, it's just dad or it's just the ministers or, but they're set up in a way to help you and to protect you. Align yourselves up with God. It restrains wickedness. It gives protection. The book of Judges, chapter 21, verse 25, it says, what does it say there? It says, in those days there, were, there was no king. And if you read through the book of Judges, it, 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 uh, you know, sometimes it's boring reading, but there were those who, who uh, every man did what was right in his own eyes. There was upheaval. They were shirking their duties. They were not aligned with God's principle, God's channel of authority. Therefore, wickedness abounded over and over and over. <clears throat> yes, that of lack of respect. Children without authority. Children need protection. Youth need protection. We as grown-ups need protection. We need each other. As I said, when we come to the foot of the cross, it's level ground. But God has in his way ordained this, of, this, channel of, this chain of command. He has put men and, and people in authority in place of our, to, to help us and to guide us. Just as this centurion, he was a man who was in authority, but he also recognized who, that he was also a man under authority. 2 Kings 4, verse 8, or that chapter there, um, we see the account of Elisha and the Shunammite woman. She's seen, the Shunammite woman seen this man of God walking by, and she I like what it says there. I don't know if the exact word, I don't have the exact words, but something to the effect she appealed to her husband. She appealed to her husband. And she said, let us make a little chamber and put in a bed and a table and a lamp and a, you know, a, a, a stool and, and so that this man of God could rest and be restored. And so they did. This woman, this Shunammite woman, recognized her where she was at in this chain. She appealed to her husband. She was not a woman who ran ahead of her husband and said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this bed for this man of God. Even though that would have been maybe right, but it was not the way God had planned it. God ordained it. And she worked through her husband. And as time went, Elisha asked what, this, what he could do for this Shunammite woman. And the Bible says there that this man, <clears throat> this, this man was old and didn't have a son. And he said, about this time next season, thou shalt have a son. And as time passed, that's what took place. That's what happened. The Bible even, it goes on further there that even tells us that the son 
the son fell sick and, and, and died. And, and what did they do? The Shunammite woman, she went, she grabbed her son, and she took him home. She took him up to the room, the chamber that they had made for this man of God. And she called for this man of God to come. She laid him on the bed there. Elisha came, the Bible says there, he went in this room, he shut the door, laid upon him, and his son came to life. His son came to life. See, what we, what we want to understand and what we want to see here is that this woman recognized her position, and so she appealed to her husband to help this man of God to make a place for him, and through that, this man of God was able to provide her with a son, and even at the point where the son died, that he came back and he raised him from the dead. There's blessings that flow through that. When we do things God's way, there are blessings that flow. Respect and honor. Authority brings blessing. Just as Israel when he laid hands on Jacob and Esau, and Jacob, how he laid hands on Ephraim and Manasseh, Samuel anointed David, the Apostle Paul laid hands on Timothy, and the list goes on and on. You know, there's no magic in, in, in those men's hands. There was no magic in those men's hands. It was, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's truly, fully symbolic of reckoning the a chain of command and the authority that God has placed us under. Laying on of hands, recognizing the authority that we're under. <clears throat> how beautiful it is, how beautiful it is for a church to function in that aspect. You know, there's no blessing in self appointed preachers. And today we have many. We have those who go online and do the, fill out the form, and they're now preachers. There's no blessing in that. There's nothing more beautiful than when a church can be unified in the position, in, in, in a place where they can come to agreement to have an ordination and to put a man in place for whatever position and to recognize that that man is also under authority, and to not abuse that authority, but to use it in a God-given way. Blessings flow only as we align ourselves with God. We have the analogy, we have the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5, 22 and 23 that are used in probably pretty much every way, where it talks about wives submitting yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. I believe many times, I believe many times this is misunderstood. And it's probably not fully taken to heart, especially young people when they first get married. But I trust that they read this scripture and they study it and they understand that, you know, when we are aligned with God, and how God has, has set up this structure of the home and the church, that through that, the blessings can flow. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. 
Authority proceeds power. You know, when the wife understands that her husband is her authority, there can be a blessing in that marriage relationship. Fathers can get answers the way that they need. Yes, Jesus has the authority to give power. Well, you might say this morning, well, you know, as you, as you think about this funnel, as you think about this funnel, you know, God, Jesus Christ, the husband, the wife, and the children, you might think, say this morning, well, you know, I've done everything I could. I've tried everything I can that I know what to do. I can't get my husband to do this. I can't get my husband to do that. Or even to the point where I can't, you know, I, I, I've done everything I can, can do or think about in, in trying to get the ministers to do what, what I think... I believe this morning when we come back to the point of, of, of aligning ourselves with the word of God and how God has set up this chain of command that we'll understand and that we need to know how that it works. And I believe this morning the key is, the key is obedience. Obedience, honor, and respect. Obedience, honor, and respect. Even as it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 6, where even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. You know, we have the scripture in Matthew. I'm going to turn to that quickly. Matthew chapter 13. There's a couple verses there where Jesus Verse 53, it says, It came to pass, and when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished, and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended at him. Notice there what the scriptures say. They were offended at him. The Bible says here that, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and his own house. And he did not many works, many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Because these people were, when, when Jesus came back through there, they like, that's just Jesus. I mean, who is he? What is he? And the Bible says here that uh, the prophet is not without honor, save in his own country. It's just Jesus. And so with their, the attitude of their heart, with not being obedient, not showing any honor or any respect, they were not as it says there, did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The blessings stopped. And let me tell you this morning, young people, mommies and daddies, when you have that attitude of saying, oh, that's just dad. That's just my husband. Or that's just my wife. And not 
having the honor and respect for who they are because of the position that they have and what God has placed them in, the blessings will not flow, just as it was here in the day of Jesus. <clears throat> we have the same account, same thing with the account of Miriam. We must hurry. Time is rapidly moving on. Miriam and Aaron in Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, how they spake against their little brother Moses. Their little brother, Mo oh, it's just Mo Moses. It's just Moses. There was no honor or respect. But you know what? Bible says there that Miriam was afflicted with leprosy. And the Bible says that she was cast out of the camp for seven days until she recognized, until she seen her position and her place and change of attitude. And it was only then that she understood <clears throat> it was more than just baby Moses. God had called Moses. God had called that young lad to a place of position. And she needed to recognize that. I know today is Father's Day. And I know that there are many things that are done for fathers. And that's great. That's good. But I believe it needs to be every day. We need to recognize. We need to understand the God-given position that Daddy has in the home. And be obedient to that in honor and respect. Just as a centurion. He recognized that he was a man of authority, but he was also a man who was under authority. <clears throat> you know that of Miriam, after she was cast out of the camp? <clears throat> there was a million people that were being held up and couldn't go no further because of her attitude of not showing honor and respect. God gives authority to protect you. Young people take heed. He has placed people in your life to protect you and to watch over you. You might think, you know, as we think this morning of, of young people who are, are upset and disappointed and, and walk out and tell mom and dad, I'm done. I'm going to the army. You know what? They fall from one place right into another because the army is a place where there is honor and respect and a chain of command. And you will find out very soon who is in authority. And so be careful. Take heed. <clears throat> Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Let's be careful what we're yoked with, who we're yoked with. In closing, there was this young girl, a true story. This young girl who attended school. And she was a young girl that dressed plain, had very good virtues, very good morals, Followed the Lord. I don't know how she came to know the Lord, but she was a, she, she, uh, Jesus was her Savior. And on the day of graduation, and before that, prior to that, she was given the honors of being valedictorian. 
and throughout her school year, years, there were many who had made fun of her. <clears throat> and on the day of graduation, all the others came forward, they came through, they gave their speech, the cheerleaders, the football players, the basketball, you know, and on and on and on. And people clapped and roared and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was her turn to give her speech, especially as valedictorian. She was very smart. As she stood up, she gave her speech. And after that, the whole school stood in standing ovation, clapping and cheering. Then, after that, the principal got up, and with tears in his eyes, he shared about this young girl and how that she had led over 50 students to the Lord and several teachers, and he says, even me, to the Lord. The key was this girl, this young girl, came from a home life that was pure hell. She had a mother that every night when she went home was a prostitute. And every night when she went home, her father, her daddy was abusive and was an alcoholic. Hellish conditions. But through all that, this young girl found the grace of God in those conditions, in that, in that situation, to still honor and respect her mommy and daddy. Now you might say, how in the world could she do that? Well, when we don't understand, you know, when we're not lined up with how God wants us to be, the blessings are not going to flow. This young girl understood that, and she walked that way. She lived that way. She was not ashamed. She honored and respected her mommy and daddy, even though her mommy was a prostitute and her daddy was an alcoholic. How is it with us this morning? Have we aligned ourselves with God? Or is your funnel plugged? Is there something standing in the way? Brothers and sisters, this morning we need mommies and daddies who will line up with God. We need young people that can see and understand authority who have aligned themselves with God. We need ministers, we need church leaders, we need teachers, those who understand and line themselves up with the word of God so that God's authority and power can work through that and that blessings can flow. May God bless each one of us. As we go from here, may this message be one that helps us all this is a message that, as I studied for this some time ago, spoke to my heart, and especially this scripture of the centurion. You know, this centurion, he was a man who was in authority. He could do whatever he wanted. He was in charge of 100 men. He could, but he recognized that he was also a man under authority. And let me tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, that's where I found myself. 
that I'm still a man under authority. And in order for God to work, and in order for God to bless, I need to keep that in my mind. I need to work that way. I need to walk that way. I need to live that way. May God help us as we go from here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you for the scripture. We thank you, Lord, for again speaking to our hearts. We thank you so much for being here, Lord. And again, showing us and revealing to us your plan, your structure, your way. And Lord, how that when we align ourselves with you, that the blessings can flow. That's what we want, Lord. That's what we desire. And I pray especially for the congregation here, for every mommy and daddy, every home that's represented, for the leaders of this church, Lord, that they, each one, and all of us would find ourselves as a centurion that we are men in authority but also under authority. And when we do that, God, we understand that it ends confusion, it ends chaos, and it protects and it guides. And so I pray, Father, help us in these last days that we live in. Above all, we thank you so much for Jesus and for the finished work at Calvary. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.